Hello, 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 and welcome to Mixed Emotions Podcast. I'm Anne McCormack. And I'm James McCormack. How you doing, James? I'm good, Annie. How are you? How has your week been since uh, we had our amazing guest Malik Aikener? Yeah, it was great. Um, I loved having Malik on. She's awesome. She was such a great guest. Mm-hmm. It's been a good week. I am getting my hair cut tomorrow for the first Finally. time. Finally. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. Like I've been looking, I went to Instagram and I typed in the search, uh, uh, curly hair, cute shortcuts. And I, all of these like amazing pictures popped up, but I mm-hmm. don't know. I don't know what I should get. When you Google curly hair, do you put in mixed curly hair? Cause sometimes if you do, you know, you'll get like white women well, or no. white people curls. I know? don't put in mixed hair because it just, mixed hair just pops up oh, that, gotcha. those yeah. are most of the images anyway oh really yeah for okay. me i don't know maybe i mean google's watching us all so i'm yeah. sure they're like we know what she wants <laughs> <laughs> we know what she's looking for <laughs> we have her picture and her social security number <laughs> so we we figured this out so um i sort of want something that's like shaved on one side mm. maybe that's a bit too like 2004 i don't know I think so. is that too yeah. is that too oh really yeah i think so it's very like girl with the gra- the dragon tattoo is it too like cassie and rihanna I, remember yes is yeah. it too but i want something that's funky i want something that's fun don't you get a cool like you asymmetrical cut or something or, yeah you know? like i that's what i mean like something that's like a little bit shorter on one side but i still want to keep the length am i do i want too many things yes i think i want too many things okay <laughs> it gonna, looks good though Andy. It's a nice. i cut it myself thing. okay hey <laughs> that's not i do not advise <laughs> people cutting their own hair it's not safe but you've been good i've been good i've been yeah. tired it's the beginning of the school year um Back to teaching, Oscar's back in school, so all of the homework, all of the third grade has begun, mm. so it's um, it's busy. What about you? Oh, work. Mm-hmm. Do I ever say anything else? It's always like work, yeah. work, 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 work. How is work going? You know, it's been interesting. Uh, we've So I don't know if it's a new thing in the state of New York, but we've been having to do a lot of like new sexual harassment trainings. Mm-hmm. So between my volunteer job at the Brooklyn Community Pride Center and at Nighthawk, mm-hmm. I've had to do two separate uh, sexual harassment trainings, which involves a two-hour course online where you basically go through step-by-step, like Maria works as a nanny and her employer is saying that he will, you know, if she doesn't go on a date with him, then he will fire her. Is this sexual harassment? <laughs> um, it's like it makes you wait for this whole segment. You to listen to like a video and then click yes or no. And it's, you know, you literally have to be the dumbest person <laughs> in the world not to pass it. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, man, you know, Felicity came into work today and her co-worker said that he liked her bra. Is this a nice comment or is this sexual harassment? Is but James, you'd be surprised. Some people you'd wouldn't know. You'd be surprised to be like, yeah, her bra is lit. <laughs> let me just, I should let her know that yeah. I like this strap. So like, that's, what? It's, it's a weird time, especially, I don't know if anybody, if you work in the restaurant industry, you know, and I know that it's not a good thing, but sexual harassment is par for the course. Unfortunately. I, I don't, I mean, obviously, you don't want to participate in it but it is pervasive in restaurant culture right right right. you know right. i've 
had people say the weirdest things to me. Yes. Uh, you know, just be creepy. Uh, you know, when I started as a server at my job at the dine-in movie theater, literally my trainer that day was talking about the fact that she had an STD. Oh, and, and Lord. She was, she, was, she was like talking about itching and stuff like that. And I was like, what? What is happening right now? And and she was, you know, basically complaining to me about another coworker who had given her said STD and how she was having to take this medication, topical medication for two weeks. And she was like, and he had the nerve to bring the girl into the theater, too. And she was like, I thought about going up to them. And oh, so she no. was telling me about this stuff. And I was like, ma'am. I don't, and this is your first day of work. Yeah, and I was like just nodding my head and I was like, what have I gotten into? <laughs> you know, people are talking about just the most. No, I <laughs> listen, my uh, first restaurant gig in New York City uh, was in the village and I was working at this very, very, very small cafe and there was ugh, not a lot of room to squeeze through and get, you know, the desserts and the coffees from like, yeah, the so bar there's a lot area. Of, like, there's a lot of like, yeah, and, and one one of the bus boys like touched my ass one day and I just remember, and he was always like trying to flirt with me. I was like 22. He was always trying to flirt with me and I just like didn't entertain it. And then he just like, just went in and just like did it anyways. And I was just like, so (sighs) I was like, he needs to be fired. And so I told my manager Mm -hmm. and like, well, instead of my manager being like, I'm so sorry this happened to you. He was like, Oh, Oh, man, like he was just like annoyed that he had to deal with it. Right. That kind of thing. Like, well, I have to deal. He knew that it was so bad. It's gotten better. It was so clear that he just had to go and deal with it. And that's I think that's the problem in the restaurant industry is that people just, you know, it's um, Mm -hmm. it's it's so pervasive, as you said. Right. But no one really knows how to manage it. And people don't know necessarily i think what sexual harassment is per se you know they should know well well, someone telling me about their itchy std is technically sexual harassment you know what i mean i don't mean i like you know (laughs) yes it is it didn't bother me the fact that you just said my itchy std (laughs) you know like that itchy and scratchy show (laughs) (laughs) it's like you know not something that I wanted to know about. It's it Nobody is like you know, know what I mean. It's not something I, I particularly care about. It made me uncomfortable, but you know I'm not going to say anything about it because it's like I, I didn't care enough to say anything. But somebody else might be be like, oh god, I really, you know it. Well, and for some people, you know, it's um, that's their way of bonding with you is like telling them something oversharing, per- telling you something that's very personal, right. so yeah. that you feel like comfortable, but. Mm-hmm they also don't know how to read the room or read people. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, boy. well, it sounds like. There's also, there's one thing that <laughs> I wanted to talk about. A, what do you want it to talk about? It popped into my head. And it's not, not our mixed emotion for today, mm-hmm. it, but it's our, my topic. Okay. Or, or like a little subtopic I wanted to talk about. And it was something I noticed, especially working in a survival job that has a lot of hipsters. And a lot of, like, people who, you know, hipsters and, like, subculture people. Mm -hmm. It's this kind of hipster aloofness, hipster racism. It doesn't, I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of like, 
No, I know what you're talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, people James, of who course I do. Think that they're so above it all or so like edgelord that they can get around being racist. So they can't be, you know, they have black friends or they're like so fringe that they can't be racist and they make generalizations about people. And one thing I've noticed is... You have is, to give specific examples. Like what happened to you that brought so, you... What happened to you that brought you to this topic? Well, recently from a couple of coworkers, I've noticed that people talking about folks, you know, black folks not tipping, you know. Oh, shit. Like oh, making generalizations okay. about black people not tipping or saying something about like... So white co-workers are saying this to you about black people yes yeah Oy, and uh, yeah, yeah, thinking yeah, that yeah. because it's something they've experienced once or twice or maybe at a former job or something kind of anticipating that black people who come down you know to dine there are going to tip oh my gosh this might be our mixed emotion we might have to nix the mixed emotion <laughs> that we talked and, about and treating them accordingly you know like not giving them the, the same type of service or giving subpar service because they have you know they're they're going off of generalizations or stereotypes that black people and people of color aren't going to tip oh my gosh okay so let's um let's rewind okay so how many times hipster racism okay how many times has this happened is my question number one at this job or in general at this particular job let's go case by case At this particular job, mm-hmm. probably like four times. It's happened four times and you've only been there for a little while. Yes. In, in the capacity that I'm working now, I've only been there, I don't know, four months or so something. So what's the racial makeup of the people that have made these comments? White. They've all been 100, white. 100% white. Ages. Like 22 through 35 probably. Okay. Um, gender. Gender identification. Many women, both. Well, that's four people. Yeah. So, so maybe like two guys and two women. Okay, so two and two. Okay, so that's really depressing considering their ages. Yeah. And it's very depressing um, considering where we live right now. Right. Considering and, we're and, in Brooklyn. Right, which is, and my job is in one of the most diverse zip codes in uh, the in country. The, in Yeah, the entire yeah. country. So when you um, deal with that, when you have experienced it, what what has your reaction been? Yeah, I say, well, I, I can't agree with you. I say I come from a black family, and we always tip, and I was raised to tip, over tip, and to over tip. And I, you know, my family that wasn't something that was a part of how I was raised, and my black family always tips. So I mm-hmm. don't, I can't agree with you, and uh, I usually walk away. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. back back when I was like. 19 or 20 and would have been just like nodding my head and be like, oh, well, sure, you know, but mm-hmm. but now I, I can't participate in that kind of defamation. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right, it, right, right. So you've been... So I, I try to call them out on it in a way, but not uh, to get too involved because it's, you know what I mean? Like I can't, it's also the demographic and the makeup of my coworkers at this specific job. I would say there's three or four black people servers out of a staff of maybe 30 mm-hmm. or something like that so which is kind of crazy you know yeah so what that does is everything that you're saying right now um shows me that that's a hostile work environment okay because that's active active living racism within the work environment 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So you can technically, if you wanted to, you could complain. Mm-hmm. You could say that there have been some racist comments that have been made by a few of the employees. And it's as a black man, a man of color, this is something that makes me feel uncomfortable and this needs to stop. Right. So I'm saying that like you could say something He's to like, a higher someone who's like a manager. A, yeah. Someone who is a supervisor who can fix it because you shouldn't have to go to work and deal with comments, racist comments from people, especially when that's a part of your, um, it's your identity that they're attacking, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm just saying like, if that's something that you don't want and you don't care about, you know, um, I mean, there should be no retaliation. There just should not be, you know? Right. Um, And plus the particular job that you have right now, like, they're a new business in that area and they shouldn't, they really, 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 really shouldn't have people working there right. who have that kind per- of, perpetuate, have that. that kind of ideology, Yeah, you know? So I'm just saying like, that's wrong. Where do you think, do you know what I'm talking about when they say hipster racism, the kind of pe- people who think that they can ride above that. Uh, so people like white men who, you know, they they use words like, yeah, you know, I I was coming in, home from work the other day and I was like, you know, trying to get up to my apartment and there were like these, you know, your homeboys were like hanging out, smoking a joint. I was trying to get into my apartment using language like that. Um, I don't personally know those people, <laughs> but that just sounds like plain racism to me. You, it doesn't sound like any kind of specific racism. It sounds just like... It's so interesting because they don't think that they're being racist well they are like yeah they are that's just i mean they think that they're being like cool by using this language or like oh yeah i live in that neighborhood so i can no no it's it's horrible it's it's trying to navigate that and trying to like speak up and call people out on that yeah i mean that's that's something that you're you'll have to work on but that's the challenge of of dealing with microaggressions right and also every time something like that happens that's an opportunity i think it's in some ways it's an opportunity for you to step up and say not cool i'm trying to and yeah and it's i'm not saying that you have to you know be the rosa parks in every situation (laughs) (laughs) like the the rosa parks of Of the service industry (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's also (laughs) no i am not going to listen about your std today <laughs> this you know that that should be, that could be a movie <laughs> i can't do it <laughs> was that your rosa parks voice just I, I, just stoic and <laughs> to the point oh my gosh starring taraji Benson. Um, um one other part of this oh. that i want to put past you and i'm sure that you actually i know that you've experienced this we're this is in the same vein. I, do people even use the word hipster anymore? But you know what I'm talking about when I when I say hipster. You know the type of person that I'm talking about. I mean, about. I feel like it's so varied right now. It's hard to like. It's true. Yeah. But aloofness, white hipster aloof. Well, this this is two parts to this. For me, I feel like some white women, they until they get to know me, until they've spoken to me and spent a little bit of time around me, they make these... Uh, presumptions about who i'm going to be based of, based off of how i look mm-hmm. 
they or, or what neighborhoods they live in they think that i'm going to be you know they see me and they think that i'm a latino or something so they think that i'm going to try and hit on them mm. or they think that i'm going to try to be like the you know overly sexual like hey mommy you know kind of guy Interesting. so they treat me with a level of coldness right off the bat you know or yeah it's a form of racism let's just keep it real right the, yeah which is you know they've made an assumption about me based yes. off the way that i look yes racism or um, <laughs> that's yeah. what that is right <laughs> that's what you're <laughs> and um, plain and simple i'm t- trying to navigate that and t- not taking it personally and um yeah i mean that happens a lot especially when you are ethnically ambiguous it's it's hard. It or is, saying hello to someone you work with and they're just treating you like you're someone off the street. Yeah, know? but it doesn't matter. You oh, know I, what I, mean? I know, I know no, that. No, what I'm saying like, is like at the end of the day, the people that you that are attracted to you in a positive way are the people that you're supposed to be around. You should right. never feel like you have to convince someone that you're a good person, D- especially well, right. when you yeah. are a good person. So if someone is coming at you with a presumption regardless of what their ethnic background is, you don't you don't want to deal with them anyways. And if they magically one day realize that you're like this amazing badass person, well the ship has sailed. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or or not. Just saying like those presumptions, yes, I've definitely what you're saying, like I've definitely experienced this every single day. Every single day there are presumptions about uh what I do professionally um, the way I speak, uh, my background, you know, all of right. these different things. But as a person who is of mixed heritage, a person of color, like you just have to make your own lane and be right. okay with that lane. And like, if someone isn't hip to your lane or isn't interested or like makes an assumption about you, you just have to like, let them be in their lane and yeah. don't let those lanes converge. Yeah. It's like, and you e- don't need it. You can pick up on it too. There's, yeah. a, there's a coded language and inflection in the way they speak to you. Like with white men, I've noticed that buddy is a way of yeah. of trying to, it's it's like a microaggression buddy. Mm-hmm. It depends on how it's used. Some people just come from places where they say buddy to everybody. But mm-hmm. uh, some white men, customers and coworkers, they use buddy as a way of feeling that they have some authority or something Interesting. to me. You know, especially... I, I read, I look younger than I actually am. So it's, yeah, it's funny tough. when I have like a 25-year-old like calling me buddy and thinking that I'm a 22-year-old. And I'm yeah, like, you do look very young. Yes, you do look very I'm young. Like, I'm not your goddamn buddy. I yeah. don't know who you are, you know, don't but don't call me that. You yeah, know? in some ways I'm happy that I finally look my age. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know if I wouldn't know if I would say you look great. Oh, thanks. I just wanted you to tell me I look <laughs> Yeah, you you was fishing. I was fishing. fishing. <laughs> or also like this happened recently. I was my my like station, my session hadn't gotten busy, so I was trying to help help a coworker who I didn't know very well. And uh I was just like helping run the drinks and I said something to them and she went, What? And I was like, I just dropped your drinks off at table or whatever. And she's like, oh, oh, thank you. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, what? Excuse me? Yeah, well, that's just <laughs> rude. Goddamn mine. Yeah. <sighs> it's, like, I mean, that's, that's yeah, rude, but. These dynamic. I mean, <sighs> I mean, you have to go, at, you have to talk about these situations on a case by case 
issue case by case matter. Right. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's really, really challenging to deal with this. Right. And I think you're dealing with it in like a very high stress environment where you're taking yes, all these different yeah. people who are just trying to make as much money as they can and get out and get out. Yeah. And yeah. so they're not and and they're doing it all in the dark. Literally. Yeah. Literally in the dark. Yeah. So like how do you manage all of this? How do you manage all of these feelings, all of these? I mean, it's not really, it's not really a, it should be about that. And that should be a conversation, especially yeah. from the people that are like the business owners. Like mm -hmm. they should sit mm -hmm. down and talk about like, you know, microaggressions and racism and blah, blah, this and blah, blah, right. that. But yeah. like not everyone does that in no. these, in these jobs. I mean, not all of that isn't required is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And I personally think in order to like diffuse situations like this, it should be required. Right. You know? Because they just they're relying on people's common sense, but guess what? Common sense ain't common, right? Okay, and we all know this. It, you know there there are times, and then you know we can, we can wind down from this. Mm -hmm. There are times where black folks don't tip, right? There are times then, that every there that, are times it it it's right. regardless me, of of racial background. Yes, exactly. But in, there are times when white Europeans don't tip. All the you time. Know, there, uh, that actually happens all the time. Yes. And, you know, they can, people can feign ignorance, but most of the time they probably know better. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know if, I don't know where that stereotype comes from. You know, I, I really don't care. It's not your but, um, job to hold on to, you know, to right, carry, um, it's not your job to carry stereotypes. Right. It's not your yeah. job. It's yes, not your responsibility. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. But, um, I just, uh, I don't want to have to be the defender because I'm one of three black people at my job. Right. And it's it's different for, it's so interesting when I talk to people who are at a different level of, or different, you know, someone who works in a corporate setting won't have to deal with this in the same way that I have to deal with it, you know, because they are, they have access to more regimented, uh, you know, with jobs like you you know someone who works at a bank or works in finance so you still have to deal with that at every level well, well yes but in not in the same kind of like blatant way that you might when you have a job that's not a quote-unquote skilled uh thing so i don't you, agree with you i think it happens at every level james i no i do think it happens at every level like i agree with you on that but mm -hmm. i think it happens in a different way at each level. Oh, of course. Yes, you in know, a different way. I don't yeah. think someone who, you know, a uh, Latinx woman who is a nanny and so can deal with an employer who's, be, you know, sexually harassing her or making comments about, you know, ICE or something like that would have to deal with the same thing that a Latinx woman who's a lawyer at a law firm would have to deal you with. Don't you don't know? know that. I, it's you true. Don't I, know I, that. I, you know, you're right. That's making the assumption that people are emotionally and um, socially mature at all levels, right? And at, at all levels, career-wise. You yeah. know what I mean? And I think that that's, you know, I I think you're expecting a bit much from people who work in corporate America. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true too. That's the reason why. I guess it depends on where you work. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's all about the culture of the environment that you're working in, right. really. The, the, yeah. Yeah. So. Thank you for entertaining me. Entertaining I that. think that I that just... was our mixed emotion, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I really do think that was our mixed emotion. I don't think we need to, like, delve yeah. into this because that's a, the next part is like a really, really, really. Our mixed emotion, we were going to talk about Lizzo in this article that was <laughs> um, in uh, 
BuzzFeed that we read uh, last week that was really interesting. We were talking about black art, uh, but I think we can save that for next week. Yeah. Or we can save that as another topic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. So let's move on to our mixed media. So, James, what is our mixed media? Oh, Lord. 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 Uh, (laughs) Our mixed media is... I can't remember. What was Dave Chappelle's special called? It was called Sticks and Stones. Sticks and Stones Uh on Netflix. It's Mm -hmm. his recent uh, stand-up thing he did down in Atlanta. I think so. Atlanta? Yes, it was in Atlanta, yes. Right. And, oh, wow. Uh, It kind of blew up the internet. It's a hot top right now. Yeah. And uh, I watched it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I literally have so many conflicting feelings. Dave Chappelle was my hero when i was a kid growing up yeah you know uh he's hilarious he's hilarious i think mom and dad might have had the netflix or sorry had the comedy central thing on dvd yeah i think so and uh i even wrote an essay on him when i was in high school i didn't know this james i I did yeah i wrote wrote an essay on dave Chappelle because (laughs) get this so the class i was taking was trickster figures in literature <laughs> so we were we we're talking about like uh the fox uh-huh. and the raven uh-huh. and tr- trickster figures in literature who are ambiguous and they kind of stir up culture and they they force us to ask questions about ourselves and our humanity and the status quo yeah and my argument was that dave Chappelle is our modern trickster figure mm. because he forced us to have these awkward discussions about Things that people don't necessarily, everyone thinks it, mm-hmm. but they might not necessarily say it. And by confronting it, it forces us to have an open discussion about it. Uh, so whether it's good or bad, it brings things that are already bubbling to the surface. Right. So th- it, that, relating that back to today, to his special. I think, I think you th- compared uh, Azalea Banks to a trickster. Oh, Azalea Banks <laughs> is also a trickster figure. She is. She's just like, what can I say today that will, will stir the pot? That will stir the pot. Uh-huh. What atomic bomb can I drop right. today? You know, to the point where I get banned from Twitter. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so his special, that's what I would say it reminds me of. It It was very... It's thought provoking. Thought provoking. Yes. But it, <laughs> it was also kind of I, mm, ignorant. W- was it... Was it uninformed was it was it very uh stunted you know you know like especially the I part think there were elements of that but i also think that he was making a commentary on cancel culture that's mm-hmm. what i thought it was i thought it was about the fact that he is you know really 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 tired of like people saying things and um having to make all of these apologies a million times and people like taking things to heart and taking things too seriously. Uh So I think this was an attempt to like sort of like spit in the face. It was like a fuck you to the times, you know? And also when you, when you say that, when you do what he did, you're also illuminating something that is extremely problematic. It's um, the fact that we don't look we're in, we're living in times right now that are very tense we're living in times right now where people are very sensitive and rightfully so mm-hmm. because there's a lot of fucked up bullshit that's happening right now in the world so what he's saying is yes we're living in those times things are messed up but we should still be able to laugh yes we should still yeah. be able to laugh at ourselves 
And I think, um, you know, obviously I don't agree with like a majority of what he was saying, but he's just letting us know that like life is, life is fleeting. Time Mm -hmm. is fleeting. So Mm -hmm. maybe we should like not take things so seriously. Right. Right. But that does not change that like a lot of what he was saying was very problematic, but I understand the statement that he, the artistic statement that he was making. And as someone who is a, uh, a stand-up comedian, like your job is, your job isn't to, you know, baby people. Right. Your job isn't to like make people Coddle coddle them. Thank you. Make people feel, good or it's it's to illuminate a truth or illuminate mm-hmm. get people to think about things in another way right so yeah. and that's what he did like the anthony bourdain thing that he opened up with remember that yes where he yeah. said like this man's job was to travel the world eating food going everywhere all over the world doing these amazing things and this man killed himself he had the best job in the world yeah and this guy that i know who is working at Foot Locker, who like dropped out of law school or like didn't you know all of this stuff never once in his life did this guy think about killing himself <laughs> you know he was drawing that comparison which was really profane and crass and awful but it also is like a really true 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 statement yeah. it's like it's really about the self. Yes. It's yeah, about yeah. your mental health and it's about your perception. Mm-hmm. You know, there's reality versus perception. Right. So if your perception of self is not stable, if your perception of the value of life is not stable, then you're going to go to the dark side. I, right. That's how I viewed it. And I thought it was a really, it was a funny take. It was also sad. It was also grotesque, but that's, that's life too, you know? Right. And that's what makes Dave Chappelle such a great artist, in my opinion. Yeah, he's compelling. He's extremely compelling. I do think that uh, his analogy about being in the car, you know, with uh, talking about the LGBTQIA mm-hmm. community with, you know, the white uh, cis gay men driving right. way in the back is, you know, are the trans women. Um, but I, I, and I, I think that analogy is is true that you know um even within the community we're not um being as supportive as we could be there's not there's not equality there's not solidarity right the way there used to be when it was like marsha p johnson and sylvia rivera you know uh was there solidarity back then there was there was you think there was more there was more yes i would say so okay and then the i'm asking because i didn't i don't know i mean at the they were the basically the founders of the Pride Parade and the LGBTQ organized movement. Uh, and uh, once it became mainstream and it was co-opted, mm-hmm. then trans women were pushed basically, you know. So it wasn't always like that. No, it wasn't. There was more solidarity, I would okay. say. You should watch the, the Marsha P. Johnson uh, uh, documentary. It's, what is it called? I am Marsha. I am Marsha. Or, or something. Okay. Like, like, I, I'd have to, have to look it that's up. That's really interesting to me because that's not something that I knew. I thought yeah. that it, I always thought that, um, and I, you just corrected me, that trans women were seen on, sort of on the outskirts and weren't, weren't protected by the community. Mm-hmm. But now what you're telling me is that it hasn't always been that way, which I find really sad. And it is sad. It is sad it that is that, sad. that that's what it's what's happening. Uh, you know, as as gay men and you know uh, cis, you know uh, gay people got more rights. They 
you know, and they realize that being more adjacent to heteronormativity, um, you know, was a thing that they kind of distanced themselves from trans people because that was too much for the status quo. Right. But anyway, getting back on topic, I, I, I think that that was an interesting analogy being in the car. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that he needs to do his research on trans identifying people and, and trans people because he he just made broad comments that sounded so ignorant about, yeah. about trans women. He made it sound like trans women are confused people mm-hmm. that they're that they're just confused and they don't know what they want and because of that they're making it harder for themselves which really isn't true it's that was very misinformed i think that he needs to if he wants to make a comment like that he he should sit down with you know trans activists and and get their insight into you know what's been going on for them in their lives yeah 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 but it was it was good it made me laugh it was problematic I, st- I still love Dave Chappelle, but, you know, part of me was like the way that you cringe when you have a family member have too much alcohol. Right. You know, and you're like, oh, you know. Yeah, he was basically saying, I dare you to cancel me. That's right. what that special yeah. was. I dare you. Yes. Yeah. See what happens. You yeah. know, I'm going to say what I want and I don't care what you think. Right. That's what that was. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right. So let's move on to our final segment, which is health and booty. Boo, boo, boo. So James, what's your oh, health and God. booty? <laughs> uh, this is this is kind of indicative. It, you know, it's like I haven't had a health and beauty thing in three weeks now. <laughs> it, it, it it shows like y- y- y'all think I'm lying about working. Self care. Today's my day off. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, what have I? What have I been doing for self care? Hmm. More on like a on a way of grounding myself as an artist, mm-hmm. I suppose. My my manager, my talent manager, she has been doing this five day challenge right oh. now, and tomorrow's day five. I've done four days so far, where she's been doing a every day, um, having each day be themed. So the first day talks about your headshots. Second day, she talks about your you know your resume. Third day, your actor's access account trying to get you back up to date with like industry standards and what uh, she expects, you know, what she wants for you as a client. And uh, it's kind of like a webinar Q and a thing. And it makes me love her even more because it shows how invested she is in her clients free. I mean, obviously it just shows that she wants us to be set up for success. Well, I just love that she does that because a lot of, there's a lot of like oversight that needs to be done at these agencies and with these managers yeah, because yes, yeah. like there's, you know, you show up to auditions and maybe like you don't, not you, but people, some people, some people yeah. they show up and they're not like prepared. Well, not that. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's like, because if you don't have the right headshot, if your resume is not updated, if you're, you're like not, if you, your sides aren't printed out or, you know, if you mm-hmm. don't have whatever, like that comes off as unprofessional. Exactly. But a lot of the times you just have these these people, these representatives who are just like sending out whatever and not really like checking. They're not checking in. They're just like tossing it out to the wind and seeing what comes back. Right. You know, and that's not like with anything in life that really doesn't work out well for you. Exactly. (laughs) So on on that note, my health and beauty 
(laughs) That sounds like professional. (laughs) Well, it is helping with your health, I guess, mental health. Right. It's helping with my mental health because it's helping me feel grounded back to the reason why I'm doing all this work. The Uh reason why I have all these survival jobs and I've been working so much is so I can be set up for success with my acting career. Right. And, you know, getting home from work at 3 a.m., you know, with the, the tomfoolery on the buses and so much you know, coming home at that time and then <laughs> waking up in the morning and having talking to my manager, you know, it, it feels nice. It feels like I am yeah. going, moving toward a goal. You know? Right. No, it's easy to get like immersed in your survival jobs. It's right. so easy. And, and in then, the drama. Well, that and also just feeling like. Like, why am I doing this? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. why am I, like, working this job when I could, you know, <laughs> I'm not supporting my art in the way that I should be. It's just nice waking up and, like, having someone who, like, holds you accountable. Yeah. It's good. Do you it's know, great. you know, in Harry Potter, the the stairs that, yes. you know, it goes up, like, 30 stories and yes. they're moving around and they're and moving stuff. around with the paintings. Yes, yes, yes. That's what the stairs look like, the service area for Nighthawk. <laughs> That's, that's that's intentional. That's nice. That's inten- <laughs> Every day. Oh no! I remember when it used to be the pavilion. I remember those stairs. It smelled like weed. Oh my gosh! Oh, well, How, I'm happy. What's your health and beauty? Well, my health and beauty um, has to do with something that I've never tried, but. Uh, was just released in the market yesterday, which are Skims, Kim Kardashian's new shapewear line. But you haven't tried them? No, because oh. they were. She sold out in like two, three minutes. And That's I just wanted surprising. to talk about that. Like she released them online. Like the entire inv- inventory was sold out within minutes. Hmm. It was called Kimono. It was called Kimono, which is culturally uh, insensitive, and I think it was also a publicity stunt. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally a publicity stunt, but um, she changed the name to Skims. Uh, it's it's on <laughs> brand, let's just say. Yeah. It's shapewear um, so that you can wear your little, you know, yeah. your tight dress skirt and everything looks together. And the color palette is as bland as skim milk. <laughs> uh, but I'm curious. I'm curious. I haven't worn shapewear in quite some time. But Is that kind of like Spanx? Yeah, basically what it does is it's like it smooths you out so that you can wear like a dress and not worry about like your cellulite. Oh. You don't have to worry about a panty line, like things that we all worry about when we're wearing a skirt and we're wearing tight jeans or like whatever. Yeah. Like you want to have like a smooth look. Yes. It's yeah. not I mean, I haven't done it done it in years because it's very uncomfortable. I used to wear them <laughs> to auditions and I was like, I can't I can't inhale. <laughs> so can I tell you something? What? I worked with a woman who at our hot outdoor barista job on Battery Park, she would wear a waist trainer to work. Work. And <laughs> there was there's this young woman who had just graduated from school and uh, she was asking, you know, the woman with the waist trainer about it. And she was like, oh, I can show you. And she like showed her the waist trainer and how, you know, she, she like unbuckled and it was like, <laughs> and, and, and the, the, like the girl, Ren and, Ren and Stimpy, the girl who graduated from like Bryn Mawr or something, when she was like, "No," <laughs> she was like, "No," she was like, "This is why we had hundreds of years of suffragette movement and in feminism." She was like, "Don't wear that." She was like, "That can't be good for your internal organs." And I was like, "Hmm, this is a weird like yeah. you know, it's like oh." 
a young white woman telling this, you know, Dominican lady from the Bronx not to wear her waist trainer, <laughs> you know? It's like, I was like, I'm not getting in this conversation. And I was like, <laughs> like, that's when you scurry away. <laughs> like, but I didn't know that they worked that way. It was like a corset, yo. Oh, like, yeah. It's a corset. It, it is. It's crazy. It's definitely a corset, for sure. But she did look amazing. Yeah, I'm sure she did. <laughs> Sleeping in a waist chair, you know, wearing it in the hot sun. Oh, man. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of Mixed Emotions Podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Please listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, and where all podcasts are found. And follow us on Instagram at Mixed Emotions Podcast. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.